Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. And welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855am, 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin, and before we get started today, um, I'd just like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, uh, the tra- traditional custodians of the land in which I'm coming to you from today. Um, this is land where Brainwaves likes to tell our stories and land where land where stories have been told by traditional owners for many years before us. I would also like to pay my respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who may be listening in today. Now today is our final episode of our three-part series on the Victorian Royal Commission and mental health reform. So if you happen to miss the last two shows I'll be sure to put in a link in today's show notes or you can find it on the 3CR website. Um, Now, in the first week, we spoke to the wonderful Cindy Smith, who happens to be the CEO of the Australian Association of Social Workers, and Cindy talked to us about the AASW's thoughts about the recommendations that uh, have come out of the Royal Commission, as well as her thoughts on other issues relating to mental health reform. And last week, we spoke with the amazing Ingrid Ozels AM, a very powerful mental health and suicide prevention advocate who often shares her life experience and uh, with mental health. Ingrid and I had a very candid conversation about all things relating to commission and her own experiences both as someone who works in the sector but also lives with mental health challenges and this week we are lucky enough to speak with uh, Wellways very own CEO Laura Collister now Laura first joined Wellways in 2005 after a successful academic career and during her time at Wellways she has overseen the development of services research and evaluation Um, that's before becoming CEO in 2019 Laura was a member of the executive leadership team at Wellways and uh, instrumental in the development and delivery of Wellways' current strategic plan, which has seen um, the organisation quadruple in size. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for coming on to Brainwaves today. It's a pleasure, Kaylin. Thank you for having me. No worries at all. Now, you're here to talk about the findings of Victoria's Royal Commission into Mental Health. Why do you think uh, this Royal Commission was so important? Oh, I think it's very, it's important for so many reasons. But you know what? The main one is that people have been telling us for so long that the mental health system in Victoria is not working. So family members, individuals themselves have talked about it, their experience of trying to get a service mm-hmm. and not being able to do so, trying to find the right service and having, you know, it being a really difficult system to navigate. And, of course, there are some people who experience um, whose experiences in the mental health system are quite traumatic. There's a sense that um, you have to be so sick to get access to services that when you do get access, you're in quite a distressed kind of state. That's been something that people have told us. And, of course, the other thing is that people have told us 
oh, increasingly for the last couple of years, that when somebody leaves hospital, that there are not the psychosocial supports in the community to help them recover and keep well in the community. So for me, that whole picture is about something's not working in Victoria, this system is broken, and the Royal Commission has really shone a light on that. I think it's so important. Yeah, I agree. And I think some of those gaps that you talk about, um, I'm very familiar with them as well. And, you know, we often see people that have experienced, um, you know, those feelings of, um, you know, perhaps they're just starting to feel unwell or things aren't going well mm-hmm. for them and they'd love to get the support there, but they're not in enough of a crisis situation for them absolutely. to receive those supports. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now, you did speak about a broken system. Well, my next question relates very much to that. You know, Daniel Andrews has said that he will implement all recommendations, but it won't be a quick fix and it could take years. So from that perspective of, you know, our organisation, which recommendations do you see as the priority for turning this broken system around? Look, Kaylin, of course I would love the broken system fixed overnight. We all <laughs> I think, would, I think that. <laughs> I think everybody would. But the reality is that Daniel Andrews is correct. It is going to take years. Um, and it is going to take years, I think, because it's complex. It's the sort of system that is a, it, the change is a transformation. And so that's not just a change in um how things are funded, it's a change in the way we think about the work we do, the way the community thinks about supporting people with with, um, mental health issues, and really we need to transform a workforce as well. So you can't fund a whole lot of new services without having people to actually work in them. So you know what? It is going to take time. For me, (laughs) the priorities are clearly to get psychosocial support in the community to address some of those primary primary drivers of ill health, which is the lack of connection to other people. It's not not getting employment. It's not being in secure housing. It's um, it's those social determinants that uh, the system needs to fix. Mm. And that will, you know, that's a well-ways perspective. The other stuff in the Royal Commission is about tackling stigma. And I think that's really important because that's going to be what enables people to get help. So I hope they start on that journey early. Um, there's also a lot of emphasis on early intervention that it is kind of slated for later on in the transformation um, process. But for me, I think working with people who are having their first experiences in mental health, ill health is really important as well. Um, Kaylin, the other piece of work that is kind of a precursor to all this is a review of the Mental Health Act Mm. and getting a new legislative framework to guide the changes that we're going to see. And um, I think that work early is going to be really important. So um, that's going to set the scene, if you like, for how these services are going to be set up. So get on with that, I say. Yeah, no, I've heard that a few times by, by some people who've said the same thing about the Mental Health Act. And a lot of what you're talking there is basic needs. So if we can get on top of that, I think that would be really important. Absolutely. Yeah. So people with mental health issues continue to face stigma and discrimination, as you've just yeah. mentioned yourself, um, which can often deter people from seeking help um, and impact access to services. So do you believe that the Royal Commission has addressed stigma in the final report? Oh, look, I think I think they have. They've made some... Um, real commitments to addressing stigma. And if I can just um, comment on stigma, because 
in, to a certain extent, I think stigma ha has contributed to the broken health, mental health system that we are trying to fix now. <laughs> and it's stigma because people don't seek help early. So, yes, that's true. But it's also stigma, I think, because um, the community, all of us, have enabled a government not to prioritise mental health. One of the game changers could be that mental health is now seen as an absolute priority. And some of the stigma kind of um, approaches that are described in the report could be really important in helping us do that. So I think that there is a good emphasis on stigma um, so that we can, so early can help, help can be got. Um, there's also an emphasis on um, getting services out into local communities and getting services accessible, known, non-stigmatised. That's going to be that's, um, a fantastic emphasis as well because I dare say if you've got a community front door to get mental health mental health support, you're going to be much more likely to get it than if you've got a hospital front door. We, of course, have got a program called Stampede Stigma, and we've been running that for some time. We have um, Daz the Zebra as our um, <laughs> representative. And the thing that's nice about Daz is that it's introducing conversations about mental health, about mental health support in the workshop, in the workplace, sorry, um, and in the community in kind of a light-hearted, almost humorous way um, to get the conversation going. So I think that's really important because if we want these conversations everywhere in the community. We want some normalising of mental health issues and normalising in the best way that people feel confident to share their distress or experiences. Then I think getting everybody talking about it in a non-scary, non threatening kind of way is important and I think Daz can contribute to that. Absolutely and I think you're right I think stigma starts in the community but it also needs to be sort of like almost ended in the community to help services yeah. as well so yeah absolutely. I mean, you think about it Kaylin <laughs> there is no way the community would put up with um, women who have breast cancer getting a second rate treatment. Well, that's right exactly. They just would not and when one is diagnosed with breast cancer, and I do know this from personal experience, there is a whole range of supports that come to support you. There's community members, there's companies all offering you all this stuff and support. And you kind of think, oh, my goodness, I have got fortunately a temporary kind of disorder. But if one has a, men a serious mental health disorder, you don't have that rallying of community support but from businesses nor everyday community members. So there's a huge difference in the way disorders and health conditions are treated. Yeah, definitely. And when you say health conditions, often too, I find mental uh, disorders, as you say, are not even looked upon as health issues in a lot oh. of spaces. You know, it's like we have all this support and, you know, um, public health and all that sort of thing for you break a leg, you're fine. You know, you, you need to do this other thing, you're okay. But yeah, we definitely need more in that area as well. Yeah. Um, so would you like to see other states and territories follow Victoria's lead and adopt some of the reforms? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really easy it's really answer easy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's easy because we, we do operate, Wellways operates up and down the eastern seaboard of Australia. And um, the same themes come through time and time again. 
Um, you know, people have difficulty navigating the system. The NDIS does not solve all of the issues because only a small amount of people can get into it. PHN-funded stuff, which is trying to fill the gaps, also is difficult and not filling the gaps adequately. And then you have a state-run system. Um, the, the themes are exactly the same, exactly mm. the same. I actually believe that the other states are looking carefully towards Victoria. Um, I would agree with you there. <laughs> and I think that that's really, that's really important. And um, as a Victorian, I think it's really exciting that we can um, kind of do some demonstration and really lead the way at how a new mental health system m might look like. Yeah, I'm very proud of that, that we're, you know, starting that journey. So I think that's yeah. really good too. Yeah. So what has then feedback been like from Wellways participants with regards to the system um, and where they see improvements that can be made? Right. Well, um, as far as feedback to the current system, I think I've spoken to that a little bit, but um, we did lots of consultations with um, participants um, in partnership with Mind Australia to, to, to ask them about, what would you tell the Royal Commission? What's wrong with the current system? And they told us all those things we've been reflecting upon, that the system isn't adequately integrated or coordinated. People fall through the gaps, and often those are people with complex needs. So people have a disability as well as a mental health issue. Um, the disability system says it's not mine, it's mental health. The mental health system says it's not ours, it's disability. So that's been going on for years. So we heard that from participants. And that in Victoria, particularly, psychosocial support for people in the community had all been cashed out to the NDIA or NDIS, and there is no support locally for people. So um, that was a theme. Um, on a more proactive kind of sense, I guess, a lot of participants want a lot more emphasis and a lot more um, value put on lived experience and on the peer workforce. <laughs> So, of course, there are some people who have benefited, benefited incredibly by working with peers and that has happened and they know it. But that's unevenly kind of spread throughout the system. It feels like you could be really lucky or unlucky and never have a, um, a peer worker to work with. So that, that was a real theme that was coming through. Fortunately, the Royal Commission acknowledged both of, or all of those things, but particularly the importance of lived experience in their final report. So I believe we can be hopeful on that front. Yeah, I'm a very big supporter of lived experience. I think peer <laughs> work is amazing. So that speaks to my heart 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So the Productivity Commission report was made public at the end of last year. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what that report was for and what was Wellway's response to that report? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, look, the productivity um, report has a particular focus or mandate and it was to look at the economic cost of mental ill health in the community so they all everything that they do looks at lost productivity from that perspective I suppose but what when they do that they have an opportunity to comment on the kind of systemic issues that have led to that loss um, loss of productivity it is no great surprise when they looked at that, that they said that the system's too difficult to na navigate, just what the Royal Commission said and what people told us. There are gaps in community support. They estimated um, that there are 150,000 people 
who require psychosocial supports that cannot access them. And remember what they're doing is they're making these statements and saying that is leading to an economic loss in this country. And they estimated the economic loss to be about $20 billion a year. Wow. Huge. That's massive. This is what they kind of, the approach they take is that we're losing $20 billion a year in productivity, spend it on the system, spend it on the right interventions because we're going to save money. That's the power of a Productivity Commission report. It doesn't give us answers to how, what the system should look look like, particularly it points out gaps in the system and tells us that it's money well worth it. Mm -hmm. So, in fact, they kind of support each other, the Royal Commission, because the Royal Commission report tells us exactly how a system should look in Victoria and the Productivity Commission sets the scene from a, from a federal level about what benefit it would be of the community if you were to create a better system. So I, I see them as operating in um, Sounds tandem very much so. Yeah, yeah. They, they support each other. Yeah. COVID-19 has had a large impact on mental health over the past 12 months. Uh, We've also seen a large increase in the number of programs and extra support available for people during this time. What are some important steps you think need to be taken now? I'm going to reflect on a survey that we we did with participants in the height of the the COVID-19 pandemic. And when I say that, of course, I'd like to acknowledge that the world is absolutely still in a pandemic, that we in Australia have done particularly well, but um, in countries like India at the moment, it's an absolutely tragic, tragic circumstance. So having said that, it's probably right to say we did the survey in the midst of our lockdowns in Australia that were managing the pandemic. And we surveyed 738 people who are using psychosocial services like ours we joined with um, six other psychosocial providers to do this survey. And what people told us is that um, their mental health had declined in the context of COVID-19. And a lot of it was because of the um, distancing requirements, the lockdown (laughs) requirements, and what that meant for people's social connections, that that was leading to distress. We know that loneliness, isolation actually contributes to mental ill health and that's what people were experiencing. People also, um, there was this other dynamic where um, actually seeing your mental health professional had become more difficult. So, you know, you're in lockdown, your community clinic may, won't be taking walk-in appointments or won't be taking face-to-face appointments. So you had to adjust to telehealth which for some people was great and for others that was a huge challenge. So, um, you know, participants commented on that, that that this was a big change. Um, Almost 70% of those consumers reported having to stay at home as a contributing factor in their deteriorating mental health. Now, the other thing that this survey told us, though, is that... um, a bunch of these people had been working with organisations like Wellways and they developed um, some coping skills, some resilience, some um, that, that working with organisations like this and working in a positive kind of way, this isn't about your symptoms, this is about managing the day-to-day life, that that held some people in really good stead. Mm. 
So that was a really pleasing thing that came out of it. Um, So terrible situation that was kind of um, impacting negatively on mental health, but that people did have some skills that they'd built up um, to to deal with that. Um, Anecdotally on the ground, there are a whole lot of people that connected better actually using the online, well, we're saying online, but Zooms and um, Teams and that kind of thing. Um, I've heard, and I've got no data to back this up, Kaylin, but people actually have said that, you know what, I felt much more comfortable being in a Zoom call <laughs> because I could link with um, people that were just like me or I didn't have to leave the home and that was kind of good. So for those people, it opened up avenues that weren't open before. Um, So, I mean, it's hard to say that there was a uniform experience. We all know it was stressful for everybody, but um, clearly some people managed and for some people they they discovered new options of connecting that weren't weren't there beforehand. Mm. Um, I think the challenge for an organisation like Wellways, and I think this is repeated across our sector, is how are we going to maintain our face-to-face connections and do and um, have that, but also have these new ways of working with people as well, so we can provide choice to people about how they connect, how they receive support. Um, I think that's a big, um, the big positive to come out of this COVID situation. Yeah, and and for my experience, I guess the thing that I found really interesting in my outside community with friends and family and things like that is, I feel whilst COVID sort of did bring a lot of mental health challenges up for a lot of people. There were people that were experiencing challenges that they'd never had that before. And so in a way, in a very, very strange way, and, you know, we don't wish COVID in any way, but it's like it's kind of helped with the stigma a little bit in in a small way because people are talking about it more. People are recognising that, you know, isolation isn't good for some people, you know, that that does experience those, you know, mental health issues that can occur that come from that. So... Yeah, I think that that's um, a really good perspective that suddenly mental health and well-being was a mainstream challenge. <laughs> yeah, and, and so important. It's like it's one of those things that we often put in the back burner and, yeah. and now we're going, okay, this is really important. I need to look after me to be able to survive in some instances. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. well, yeah. powerful stuff. Well, mm. hopefully we, we do that thing where or we don't do that thing where we forget about it in six months, but we actually take what we've learned from this situation <laughs> and, and, and make something beautiful out of it. So, But we also can't forget about how beautiful it was to be with people in real life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. That's right. I know exactly. that I got a bit. Oh, maybe I don't need to go out at all anymore. <laughs> oh no, no. People are good. Um, I had some friends around about a week ago, and it was the most beautiful experience. And it was just nice to reconnect with people. So yes, uh, having having a in one to one in person sort of you know connection is also really important. And even going to some events, I think, Kaylin, that, um, you know, when I went to the football on the weekend, you kind of go, oh, my goodness. I can do this thing with people. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. No, I think we all need to do that. Absolutely. So what is Wellway's vision for the future of mental health support in Australia? We are so excited to see the emphasis on recovery, the emphasis on lived experience, the emphasis on life in the community in the Royal Commission report, and that those themes were actually also sitting in the Productivity Commission report as well. So 
We're really excited about that. For Wellways, our, our vision, our reason for being is to support people in the community to lead a really good life. And that means if we do provide specialist support, be it through um, state funding or NDIS funding or PHN, we want to provide specialist support. We want to provide it in the community. We want to help people connect to people in the community. Sometimes it's re-establishing relationships with family, friends, but also that bit where um, people feel like they belong to their neighbourhood, belong to their broader kind of community. I always have this picture of little concentric circles and that people kind of, yes, you need some intimate relationships with your very close friends, um, your family, but you also need those friends that are around at a party, at a this, at a that, and then you need your neighbourhood and then you need... Your, the person your, at the, the, the local, you know, shop that you speak to every time you go there. The person yep. that knows what coffee you like. That's right, exactly. <laughs> the person that sells you the dog biscuits that <laughs> knows your dog, yeah. So that all leads to a... Um, that all contributes to well-being, I think. Mm. So that this sort of connection to community is so important. Our vision is of a um, of programs that um, have lived experience, well, lived experience at its core, but peer work is available to everybody that chooses to have a peer worker to work with. Now, we're doing pretty well in that regard, but until we've got it at 100% of our services, we're not there. So I, I really want our future to be focused on that. We want to and we need to link people or be, a, be directly involved in issues like housing, poverty, equality, physical health. Yeah. <laughs> all those things that you're going to go, well, that's not mental health, but all those things that contribute Tribute. incredibly to well-being. That's right. And I think that's the thing too, you, you, I've, I've heard you use the word well-being a few times and really that's the focus here. I mean, that's what we want at the end of the day to encompass that well-being for everyone. And as you say, a lot of those things do contribute to, you know, poor well-being and then sometimes poor mental health as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And I guess for me that, that observation you made, I talk about well-being, is we want to work with people to build great lives in a really positive sense not just in a we'll help you with your illness sense. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, that's always been what we would say our business. And I think this Royal Commission report might provide greater opportunity for us to really do that. I hope. Yeah, no, I hope so too. And it's been lovely chatting with you today and I'm sure that you and I could probably talk for many, many hours to come. <laughs> but do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up today? Um, look, of course, I hope these reports lead to real meaningful change. I think it's up to everybody in the community, everybody listening here to make sure it does. Governments can only renege on promises Services can only operate substandard services if we allow them to, if we think it's okay that mental health isn't a priority. So I am really hopeful, but I, for one, am going to be watching it really, really carefully to make sure it happens. I think um, so I would implore everybody to um, have that kind of 
we're going to call you to account attitude. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I would say, Kaylin, before you kick me out of this <laughs> interview is that a whole lot of people contributed to and told their stories, many of which were traumatic to the commissioners. Um, you know what? I get paid to sit around a table and tell the commissioners about what they should be doing. But there are people with lived experience that um, paid for that in different ways. That's right. Um, and they did it because they wanted the system to change, which I think is fantastic, but it wasn't without personal cost. So I think it would be wrong not to acknowledge the contribution of those people and their families um, at shaping this report. Absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. And I agree 100%. Thank you so much, Laura. It's been an absolute privilege to have you on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Kaylin. No worries. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming on the show today to talk about the Victorian Royal Commission and mental health reform. Um, as Laura has said, please keep the conversation going. Please keep talking to your local politicians. Be loud. We need change. We need to fix this broken system, not only for Victoria, but the whole of Australia. And I'd also like to acknowledge every single person who took the time to share their stories for this commission, even if it meant reliving some really painful experiences. Your voices were heard and we will keep fighting for you. So thank you. And I'd also like to say a big thank you to Tash, Eleanor and Shannon and their peers at Wellways for helping make this series happen. And Tash, I'd like to say a big thank you to you as well for our media post and for being one of the show's biggest supporters at Wellways. We really appreciate everything you do for us this week. And as I said earlier, um, if you'd like to listen to the whole series, you can find links from the podcast in today's show notes for previous shows. And you can find more of our shows on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, or on Spotify or wherever you happen to download your 3CR podcasts. Um, so, yeah, but also if you have a story you'd like to share with us or like to send us some feedback or suggestions for the show, please know we always love hearing from you and you can email us at brainwaves at wellways.org. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, this has been a really important topic and we hope you've enjoyed it. Please stay safe. We'll be back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.